everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast. This is Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman, joined as usual by my colleague Parker Gabriel. Got a packed show for you here today, discussing, of course, the arrival of Sean Payton as the 20th head coach of the Denver Broncos. Talk about his introductory presser that occurred this week in Dove Valley, the message he sent to Russell Wilson and other messages, uh, amongst other things, at that intro presser. Talk about the relationship between Peyton and Peyton, how the GM and coach are going to coexist here in this new relationship, a new era in Dove Valley. And of course, we'll be running down the Super Bowl, Chiefs, Eagles, the Kelsey Bowl. We'll be previewing that and predicting that here on the show. So Parker, let's start off. News of the week, news of the day. Peyton's still putting together his staff, uh, things working in place. He's still working for Fox currently as an analyst through the Super Bowl. We'll get to that in a minute. But what were your just kind of biggest impressions, takeaways from that introductory presser uh, on Monday, here we are on Wednesday recording this show, and Peyton not making any promises, but throwing out the gauntlet uh, against the AFC West, saying that the culture is going to change around here. Now, of course, we've all heard this before. So what do we yeah. take with a grain of salt, and what do we believe? Yeah, not the first new head coach press conference in uh, recent years here in Denver. But I think, I mean, the thing that jumped out to me, Kyle, was he just, he's a guy that, like, he believes it's going to work, obviously. Um, and it was sort of interesting when he said, you know, there's a lot of good intentioned, innovative, like basically described Hackett, right? And was like, everybody comes into the season with the right intentions and, and still not everyone succeeds. And you can tell that he definitely does not think that's him. You know, um, he has this sort of combination of um, arrogance, not even necessarily, I don't mean that necessarily even in a bad way, just like, He's won 152 games in the NFL, and he carries himself like that. Uh, he's not a guy who is going to look around and say, okay, I'm the head coach. I sort of put together my plan in this binder for interviews. Do I really believe it? Like, he's done this uh, for a long time. And so, that, like you said, that doesn't guarantee anything. But I, I don't know what your impressions were. But just like my overarching impression was, one, the year in TV definitely – made him a little bit more of a showman. You know, he was telling stories. His introductory statement was like 13 minutes long. Uh, it was like in the Rossberg territory, uh, encroaching on Rossberg territory. And um, he just seems really comfortable being the head coach of an NFL team. And why, why wouldn't he be? He's been for, you know, 16 years. And I'm interested most to see, obviously, as is everyone else, how's he going to do with Russell Wilson? How's he going to revive Russell Wilson from – just a terrible year, a career worst year for us, and a year that made uh, Pete Carroll and the Seattle Brass look pretty dang smart for trading him when they did. Can he resurrect that? Can he resurrect the offense on that side of the ball? That's a huge question mark. Who whole name is DC? Still also a question mark as he's going through the inter- interview process there. And as you've reported, Parker, uh, looking to poach several Saints assistants. So we'll keep tabs on that at denverpost.com slash Broncos. But Another thing to keep an eye on and keep tabs on, and this, of course, is behind the scenes, so it's a little harder, but you can glean things from you know pressers and, and whatnot. And, of course, George Payton at Sean Payton's introductory presser. And last year at this time, George Payton was introducing Nathaniel Hackett, a guy he had spearheaded the hire for, vouched for. He said, this is our guy, young coach, young staff, juice. We're going to turn, turn it around this way. Well, we all know what happened there. Hackett doesn't make it through the season. Broncos finished 5-12. And, and now, fast forward this offseason, Greg Penner 
is leading the search. And uh, George Payton is kind of taking a side seat, if not a back seat, right? Now, how's the relationship going to work between George Payton and Sean Payton going forward here? I know Sean Payton, he worked with Mickey Loomis during his whole tenure with the Saints. He credited that uh, continuity as as part of the reason for their success. So he wasn't the de facto head coach GM like uh, Bill Belichick is per se. But certainly he had a lot of say and influence on personal matters in New Orleans. How much yep. say will he have here? And how will he walk that line with George Payton? You know, a guy who was uh, just a year ago walking on water around here in Denver. And now it seems like, oh, is his job security a little shaky? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a fascinating situation. It's, it's fascinating the way, I don't know if it's the tables of turn, but just it's just fascinating the way the organization has has evolved, um, and some of that's driven by by failure on the field, right? I mean that that ultimately, like, you want to be changing and growing and evolving all the time, no matter what your line of work is. But failure will sort of drive it faster than anything else, and and that that's basically what's happening with the Broncos. I mean, like you say, Kyle, this was before my time here, but like, you know, a year ago there was no ownership group, right? Like the franchise went up for sale um, a year ago on February 1st. And uh, so George Payton was basically running more or less everything. Like obviously Joel, you know, was the president and all that, but like in terms of the football operation, like George Payton was getting ready for the draft. George Payton was getting ready for free agency. He was hiring a coach. He was like all of it. It was all on his plate. And what I wrote, after the news conference where George and Greg Penner talked about Hackett's firing was that it was sort of the start of the Greg Penner era here. Like he was very clearly in charge of that and he led the process for the coach and all of that. And now you bring a guy like Sean Payton into the mix. Like obviously Greg Penner's the boss. Like there's just no doubt about that. It's his team and the family ownership group's team. He's running the organization but the power dynamic between Peyton and Peyton, Sean and George, is going to be an, a very interesting one. And and they both said the, they've both said the right things. I think they like each other. I think they've gotten along so far. I thought it was interesting when Sean Peyton said that they that they argue about things behind closed doors. He and Mickey Loomis sometimes, but that in 16 years they never really had one like serious disagreement over a player. And you could take that one of two ways. Like, wow, the guy's really easy to work with. Or you could take it as like, this will be cool with George as long as he doesn't disagree with me on personnel stuff, you know, like, so how that all shakes out, uh, how comfortable in the long run they feel with each other is obviously to be determined, but that both, both sides of that have, have, have said the right thing. And have basically said that there's not sides that they're on the same side so far. And it was interesting because Sean Payton as a kind of an aside in the presser to one of the questions said, I feel like you guys think I'm some, this some sort of tyrant. This, you know, this image has been cultivated of me by you media, you know, and and to an extent that is true. There has been sort of that tyrant megalomaniac image. Uh, guy's got to have his fingerprints on everything, and that's part of the reason why he's been so successful, right? Hashtag details. Yeah. So we'll see about that and that power shift and and um, dynamic between the two Paytons now. It's kind of funny though, Kyle. Just quickly before we move on, because like that—that that was the—that was the question I asked. Just like about you know the front office. Obviously, you mentioned that as one of the things that's important. And like, how's the you had Mickey Loomis for 16 years? You know, how's it been with George so far? And like, what do you how how do you sort of measure that relationship? And he 
he gave a long answer about how he and George were getting along and all that. And then, like, that was completely unprompted. You know, right. it wasn't like someone said, hey, Sean, are you a tyrant? Like, he just, like, felt the need to say, like, oh, and by the way, I'm not a tyrant. Oh, okay. Which was interesting. Yeah. And, yes, I'm sorry. So disrespectful. That was the Parker Gabriel's question, to which he followed it by softly speaking to Mike. I didn't think you were a tyrant. But yeah, well, my my no, next question is, I yeah. asked what your relationship with George right. was like, and you were you like, said oh, that. guys, right. look, I'm not a tyrant. Okay? So take that how you will, folks. Again, First Orange Podcast is Kyle Newman, Parker Gabriel here. So that was in the kind of auditorium, whole presser. Then Peyton met off to the side with some reporters, and hey, he was giving us the time of day and some, you know, PR staff was like, all right, a couple more questions. Yeah, like, two more, no, no. two more. No, He's no. like, no, 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 we got plenty of time. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. great. So he was feeling chummy on uh, his introductory press conference. And one of the questions he got asked, we'll give uh, DMAC our favorite radio thorn in the side uh, for asking it about Russell Wilson's training staff, his, his uh, personal staff, his personal coaches, being at the facility, being at practices as they were all last year from the very beginning of Nathaniel Hackett's tenure. And Sean Payton didn't mince any words, just flatly shot it down, said, I'm not familiar with that. That's not going to be happening under my tenure. It's going to be our players and our coaches here in the facility. What do you think about that uh, more us, less Russ message that Peyton sent right off the bat to number three? Yeah, I mean, obviously it raised eyebrows. Like it was like, oh, okay, you know, for being unfamiliar with it. And I don't, I don't want to make this whole thing sound like I'm questioning everything Sean Payton said. Just like, you know, he said, I'm not familiar with that. And then he gave a very strong answer to it. So, you know, I think – but here's what I will say. Like, it's interesting, and I I think it's a little overblown. Not entire. It's it's a thing. Like, it's news. It's important. I think it's a little overblown, and, and this is why. Like, I, I it doesn't mean that that Russell's not going to have a performance team. Like, you know, he's. I'm guessing that like Jake Heaps is still going to work for him. He's still going to have these people, and he can work with them as much as he wants outside the building, and even in the season. Right? I mean, like. He doesn't, he's there a lot. We know this. He gets there early, he stays late, but he's not there all the time. So there's still like plenty of room for that, obviously in the off season training and all of that. So like that, that part of it is like, like someone asked me like, well, doesn't, aren't those guys like, don't you think he has those guys in contracts? Like, yeah. And he's still going to use them probably a lot, you know, just not as much in the building is what it sounds like. And the other thing I would say, Kyle is I, I, this is just a observation on my part late in the season it certainly seemed like some of those folks were around less like that. Maybe I'm, I could be wrong about that, but like it definitely, and I don't know if it was as simple as like from December 26th on or what, but like definitely felt like the presence was a little bit muted, like late in the season. So anyways, it, it's, it's very interesting. Um, you know, Russ isn't the only quarterback that has these people in place, but doesn't sound like they're going to be around a whole lot uh, in terms of the facility. It also sounded like Sean Payton, obviously as an analyst, watching the Broncos all year and seeing the dumpster fire. You know, he's very in tune with kind of what was going on there, and uh, also his quip. Oh yeah, you know, we won't need the crowd to uh, count down yeah. the play clock again. Well, That's it's for a sure. super unique position, right? For for Sean, like he he, D'Amico Ryan's, for example, was coaching on Sunday. He was like all the way in with his team all the way up until. 48 hours before he was announced as the Houston Texans coach. Whereas like Sean Payton, you know, the guy's been like, his job has been to, to watch football and analyze it for the last 12 months. And so like one of the, 
one of the things, and maybe it will lead to a smooth, you know, quicker transition. Like Sean Payton, I'm sure ha- already seemingly has like a pretty good handle on the roster and at least some idea of what some of the issues are. And that's in part because he wasn't coaching, you know, over the last year, he wasn't fully invested in another team. He got to sort of watch the landscape. Um, and he probably knew by about week seven or eight that there was a chance that this was going to be an opening. So um, it's, it's all very interesting. And, and, and he certainly probably got a jump on some things, including maybe, you know, talking to people about, perceived problems or, or roster issues or whatever and doing his own watching film and all of that because, um, you know, he didn't have a job uh, besides being on Fox, obviously, for the last year. So Sean Payton, the analyst, still alive uh, at the Broncos presser and this weekend, as we mentioned, he's picking the Eagles because you never want anyone in your division to win anything, is what he said. Already throwing down the gauntlet for the seven-time defending AFC West champion Chiefs. So let's talk about that uh, Super Bowl matchup. You got a couple explosive offenses, a couple defenses that have been getting it done in the playoffs. Uh, Jalen Hurts versus Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, uh, Jason Kelsey, and that stout Philadelphia offensive line. Just a lot of awesome storylines. I think it's going to be a great game. I know there are a lot of groaners and complainers out there about the results specifically of the AFC title game. And the Bengals getting screwed or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but hey, you know, what I say when you're playing the KC Chiefs, got to knock them out cold. And uh, yes, there were some questionable uh, things that went on in that game, fifth down, etc. But I got I got to say, you know, I, I'm excited for this game. I think it's going to be a pretty cool one for Broncos fans to watch. You know, hey. This team, where you want to be under Sean Payton in maybe four or five years, with whether with if that's with Russ, I have no idea. But uh, that's certainly what Sean Payton thinks. You know, I, a couple times at the presser, I noticed, hey, Sean, what's the expectation? Well, oh, super. He said Super Bowl, Super Bowls a couple times, but then he quickly, yeah. well, you know, we, we just want to win. We, we want to get back yeah. to winning. Uh, so you can tell he wants to just come out and say it, but that's yeah. certainly his expectation. So enough rambling. Let's get to the matchup. What do you like about the matchup? And I'll put you on the spot first for your prediction, Parker. Yeah, I mean, well, it's a great matchup, like you said, Kyle. I mean, the, the, the quarterbacks, obviously, um, it's an amazing matchup. Um, it's the first time I, I think I read in Super Bowl history there's two black quarterbacks, which is, is cool. I mean, they're two of the young stars in the league, obviously, much to Broncos fans' chagrin. Um, and not only that, but, like, the best, maybe the best matchup in the whole game is Kansas City's defensive front against Philly's offensive line. I mean, that just is like that's that's good on good right there. Like Jason Kelsey and Chris Jones. I mean, that's like you, you could just watch that the whole game and and and, and it would be awesome. Um, I I don't know. It's so interesting because the like all the money's on Philly. People seem to think that you know Philadelphia is just better across the board, and and like I tend. To agree, I don't. I don't think there's a huge gap. I think they're closely matched and all of that. But it is just so hard to sit there and go. Everybody thinks Philly's going to win, and so do I. And just like basically count out Mahomes and and the Chiefs in the game. Um, but I do. I mean, I think I think overall Philly's better. I think their defense, for as good as Kansas City's defense has been playing as of late, and especially in the playoffs, um, not so much Week 17 against Denver, but. Right. Um, in the playoffs, like for all of that, I just think Philadelphia outside of the quarterback positions built a little bit more thoroughly 
Uh, and I think they get it done in a really good game, uh, 28-27. Ooh, that does sound like a good game. Yeah, here's my thing. You know, I picked KC to make it and win the Super Bowl before this year and caught a lot of flack for it. Oh, what are they going to do without Tyreek Hill? Oh, this and that. Uh, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, uh, yada, yada. Listen, Kansas City is a juggernaut. You don't get to five straight AFC title games without being a juggernaut, without having a Hall of Fame coach, Hall of Fame quarterback, and Hall of Fame talent at other positions, i.e. Travis Kelsey. Yes, I do think the Eagles are probably deeper just across the board. I give the nod to their defense. And I'll admit, if we rewind the tape to early in the season on the first Orange podcast, I was probably on here calling the Eagles some pretenders. I just, I, I didn't really, I thought they were maybe in the Vikings category of just NFC team, benefit of their NFC schedule. I just, I wasn't yeah. really buying into them. Well, they've put some shellackins on in the playoffs. They've put yeah, me on notice. Good. Yeah, they're pretty yeah. good. Uh, but I'm I'm still riding with the Chiefs, I think. You got to. You, you got, got to. If you picked them before the season, you got to. I got to ride with the Chiefs, yeah. yeah. Now, if I'm put, am I putting money on them? I haven't yet. I tend not to sports gamble. You know, that's yeah. a slippery slope for if us sports man, which I'm not. <laughs> Which I'm not, but I'll, I'll put my money on them. So I'm going Chiefs 31, Eagles 24, and Mahomes and the offense somehow just get it done at the end with a couple magical drives to turn a very close game into a seven-point game. So that's my prediction. I'm going Chiefs. Parker's going Eagles. This has been the First Orange Podcast brought to you by the Denver Post. Appreciate you tuning in to today's show. Head to denverpost.com slash Broncos for continued coverage. And until next time, folks, take it easy.